You are listening to episode 40 of the EU Startups Podcast. Today's guest is Angel Maldonado, the founder and CEO of the commerce search and discovery platform Empathy.co. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. And before we jump into the interview with today's guest, I'm excited to introduce our podcast sponsor. This episode of the EU Startups Podcast is brought to you by Vanta, helping you scale security practices and automate compliance for the industry's most sought-after standards. To close and grow major customers, you have to demonstrate trust. But providing your security and compliance can be time-consuming tedious and expensive, especially for startups, unless you use Vanta. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for the most thought-after compliance standards like SOC2 and ISO 27001 and gets you audit-ready in weeks instead of months. With Vanta, you get up to 400 hours of your time back and reach up to 85% in cost savings. And for a limited time, EU Startups listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. Just go to vanta.com forward slash EU Startups without a dash to get started. Today I'm excited to interview Angel Maldonado, the founder and CEO of Empathy.co. Founded in 2012, Empathy.co today is the leading innovator in commerce search and discovery. With over 200 developers and search engineers, it is headquartered in London and also in Asturias. Committed to building human-centered commerce search and discovery platforms, Empathy.co gives big brands all they need to create trustworthy and joyful shopping experiences. Also, the company has been built and scaled without any VC funding, and we'll also be talking about that later. So, Angel, thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the EU Startups Podcast. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having us. Thank you. Awesome. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, what inspired you to create Empathy.co? Well, two things, really. And on one side, I was exposed to the world of search academically um, while I was in Liverpool uh, University, and I, I found it fascinating. And, and it's a very interesting space. And, and secondly, I always had a preoccupation uh, with uh, the notion of uh, understanding how somebody else feels. Uh, mm -hmm. Because when I was a child, I had a difficulty to walk. Uh, thankfully, not anymore. But anyway, regardless of the details of that, uh, uh, perhaps out of that, a seed was planted of having a sensitivity towards uh, other people's difficulties, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when I combined the two ideas in the world of search, uh, I had this idea that search is not just an information system or an information retrieval, that it needs to be preoccupied with the notion of a person uh, on the other side of the search box, a person who has feelings and thoughts uh, entangled that go beyond of that which data can tell. So, mm -hmm. so that's, the, that's the seed and that's the inspiration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
And um, empathy.co has developed a cookie-less search approach that has proven effective in reducing card abandonments for companies like Carrefour. Uh, could you elaborate a bit on how this technology works and the impact it has on customer behavior? Yeah, we started in 2012 creating very aesthetic, very beautiful style search experiences. And this is why we had great success uh, uh, with very big, large uh, e-commerce fashion and lifestyle brands, like, for example, Zara.com or Massimo Dutti or Oisho, mm -hmm. brands for, you know, where the, the style and the design is very important. So we were not only looking at what, you know, essentially beyond the functions which are necessary. On top of that, we were also looking to the aesthetics and the style of search. As you know, our industry is in continuous transformation, and as the industry was becoming keen on capturing data, on tracking and spying customers, and all the world of surveillance, we took also a different standpoint. And uh, in the same way that we were preoccupied with how people perceive the aesthetics, the style of search, we were also preoccupied with how people feel towards trusting a brand or trusting an app when they are being tracked or when they are being, uh, you know, uh, injected with cookies and methods to follow them around. Uh, and this is why we evolve search in ways that don't necessitate trackers. Uh, for example, we only use local storage. We only read profiles. We don't write them. The information is only existing in what's called personalization in session. Um, and many other instruments which uh, allow us to create incredible finding, discovery experiences without having to resource to tracking and therefore eliciting uh, distrust. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you just mentioned like Zara and you obviously work with many other big brand uh, clients. Um, could you maybe share one or two uh, additional success stories uh, of businesses who have implemented uh, empathy and who human-centric strategies successfully um, and uh, which helped them uh, improve their customer experience and, and customer loyalty? Yes. I mean, we have uh, right now over 700 customers. Uh, the majority of those are small to medium-sized enterprises. So we have a search plugin uh, that is available on Motive.co. And this is a self-service search plugin for anybody who has a shop in existing e-commerce platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, this search plugin has this particular difference that it doesn't require you to entangle or modify your privacy policy page. It doesn't require you to append or modify your consent management or cookie tracking solutions. It's a search plugin that respects your customer's privacy, just as mm -hmm. the way people uh, walked into a physical store and you know nobody's writing down what they did or what they didn't or what kind of mobile phone they took out of their pocket. So the cameras are there for security, not for surveillance, to try to sell them more. So we apply those very same principles of the physical store into the online store. And that's been an incredible success. It's only, uh, it's going to be 13 months, a uh, beautiful celebratory moment. And uh, it got over 600 customers in, in such a short period of time. And then we have Empathy Platform, which is designed for the very large uh, enterprise e-commerce store. There we have Carrefour, the Inditex Group, House mm -hmm. of the Books in Spain, Casa del Libro, which is a very interesting company. And we also have uh, in the US, which is now our biggest market, uh, all the 28 
supermarket groceries brands of the Kroger Group, which is a very, very large grocer uh, in the US. And all these companies, whether they're small or big, they have in common the same. They have a preoccupation of differentiating uh, against pure digital players or against you know, standard Amazons of the world uh, by eliciting trust and by respecting mm-hmm. the customer's privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about privacy, um, like what are the some of the biggest challenges and risks um, you see in terms of ethics and privacy in the evolving digital landscape? And how does empathy.co address those challenges and risks? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking this question, because I think we all hold a responsibility in, in that space. AI is just like any other form of modern technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as any other form of modern technology that can exercise a power over people, right? It can influence what you are offered. It can influence what you see. It can shape the way you experience an online shop. Uh, and, you know, of course, it has uh, effects across every industry. But in e-commerce, is very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there is a strong sense of responsibility in, in this space. Now, if we remove the label of AI, what we have are data sets, that are sourced from foundational models and then data sets that are sourced from specific domain, for example, in a shop. So Mm -hmm. if you experience AI, when you go, uh, if you want to benefit from AI and you have an online shop, you use a foundational model that gives you some relationships between terms, the notions of semantics and vectors. And then on top of that, you learn from the interactions of the people in your shop or your app And that information is combined with this foundational model to offer better experiences. Mm -hmm. And the problem that you try to solve is that people can find better. That's the problem that sets the course of the actions that you follow. Mm -hmm. So to do that, you have to be conscious of this notion of consent integrity. Imagine that you have an online shop that sells bicycles and you use AI and you use a foundational model that is open source. There are many Uh, pools of open source foundational models, for example, hugging face. Mm-hmm. So you pull that information and you make it part of your experience. So when somebody searches for, I want a bicycle for my six-year-old, this is learning uh, how to cycle by herself, as opposed to just bicycle, right? Which mm-hmm. is when AI and conversational search shines. Uh, you use that uh, generative, uh, general foundational model, and then you also learn from the interactions on your shop to make that more specific to your bicycle store. Now, if you don't follow consent integrity practices, you might use foundational models data sets that actually are sold from people who did not consent. I don't know, children publishing in Quora or in Yahoo Answers uh, the way they do or they want to do their homework or mm-hmm. uh, you know, other pools of data that are sold from people Uh, who did not know that this data was to serve this purpose. And the sa- in the same way in your online store, you need to make sure that people consented, accept, reject cookies or trackers for their interactions to be used to create a better experience through AI. So, you know, having a cohesive uh, AI, responsible AI, digital ethics practice means that you need to ensure the consent integrity on the foundational models and the consent integrity on the domain-specific models, which is something that We do in collaboration with a company called privacycloud.com uh, that we partner to solve this problem in ways that 
you know, the safety, ensure the safety of the end customer. Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned AI there also several times. Um, are you um, generally rather more optimistic or more pessimistic about the impact that AI will have on uh, on society and business uh, over the next decade? Optimistic always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, besides the details, uh, historically, if we look, you know, to an age of evolution of, you know, things happening in the big scale, Mm -hmm. Common sense always wins. Mm -hmm. You know, the common sense of the common user who up until now was unaware of all the speculations that take place with her or his data. Uh, now people are aware there is that preoccupation. Uh, brands and, and, you know, regulatory bodies in the EU being, you know, a leader in the space are implementing common sense, which then translates into norms, which then, then translates into, you know, the application of those uh, norms. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, in the big picture, companies that invest unethically in whatever the practice, uh, they have a very short lifespan. Mm -hmm. And the companies that have a history, you know, 150 to 100 years, and they hope to be in business for another 150 years, they have an, impo an important uh, ethical ground. So it, to the question of how do we see AI uh, having a positive or an optimistic impact, I think it's just difficult to imagine, and, and, and as any other form of technology uh, that has that power, it's difficult to imagine that it's going to succeed, defining success as being relatable, being trusted, being accepted in, in this generation and generations to come, unless it respects the, the individual and the customer. So I am uh, very positive that you know common sense always wins. Okay, that's good to hear. <laughs> And so in the beginning, uh, in the intro, um, I've stated that uh, you've grown your company without any venture capital. Uh, was that a strategic decision? And what enabled you to bootstrap empathy.co while scaling the company to today's size? Well, truthfully, um, the, the truth is that I always look up to the people who, uh, you know, got investment rounds. Uh, I look up to them and I think, it, you know, very great examples of success. Um, but from my particular experience, I was cautious and I wasn't feeling comfortable. And, and it was an offer. It, it always has been an offer, right, to resource to venture capital. Um, but I thought it could pollute or distract uh, from this very particular mission that we have of digital ethics. And, and, and you know, sometimes we've been swimming against the current, right? Mm -hmm. And I had the concern of losing control and by losing control, having to be more conventional in the way we had to innovate. To give you two specific examples, uh, you know, a few years ago, people went buzzing with the idea of voice search and, you know, I decided not to do it. Because voice is one of the most intimate forms of profiling or identifying an individual. It comes with a lot of responsibility. You're going to process and store and control people's voices, right? So I decided not to do that. And it turned out to be a good decision that, you know, I think Alexa is recognized as the most bullied device in the history of devices. But, you know, it's a big responsibility and, and has lots of implications in terms of privacy and, and you know, sensitive nature of that data. Or mm -hmm. image search. Uh, you know, at the time, we did a lot of image tagging, image processing, detecting shapes and colors. And it's very interesting in terms of catalog enrichment. 
but I, I never did any image search because I was concerned with people using the phones and sending, again, pictures that can be sensitive. It's very mm-hmm. interesting the way, for example, again, image search has not uh, succeeded to that regard in e-commerce. And again, for example, Apple you know, is computing the logic of the image or the voice is not traveling now since uh, you know, the latest, I don't know what's the latest version of uh, iOS. You know, the, the logic of the voice is not traveling. It's just the, the extract of the patterns. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just to put examples that if you follow the conventional avenue uh, of innovation and you follow the trends and what's in fashion and in the moment relevant, like for example now, uh, generative AI, you might make some decisions that then you have to rewind back because they have these moral or ethical implications. I always thought that having the freedom of owning the direction and the stock and the equity, I was able to make those decisions and without having to put a lot of energy, having to explain to investors uh, that you know my vision was different. Mm-hmm. So that's really what sits behind. But as I said at the beginning, I, I admire people who follow that route. And, and, and you know, I think it's, it's, it's a very perfectly valid route. But for our mission, which is very long-term, and we play a long game, and we want to take that stand for digital ethics, uh, it could have been conflicted, conflicting to, to have this dependency for those other parties, you know, with mm-hmm. short-term objectives, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And in today's economy, it's probably even better if you're not um, uh, in need for venture capital, right? If you're able to um, run your business sustainably. Um, so I think it's good that you chose that path um, in the end. Yeah. Um, okay. So empathy.co um, is now a bit over 10 years old. And uh, what have been some of the most rewarding aspects of running the company? And uh, what are you most proud of so far? Well, uh, when I managed to get uh, to understand the multiple sensitivities um, of everybody who is in the company, I think that's undoubtedly uh, the most successful uh, one feels realized, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much going on in a company of this size with close to 300 people, and everybody has multiple perspectives. And I think the most rewarding moments is when we manage to convey those multiple perspectives uh, and a concept that expands, of course, to the way we relate to our partners and our customers. Yeah. So being able to bake all this diversity of views and strategies and, and you know, intentions uh, in what empathy is today, being able to convey such a group of people who have this very common constitutional drive to take a stand for digital ethics and all the different perspectives that this incorporates. It certainly, you know, it makes me feel very successful. Being able to see the market now having this preoccupation, right, on, on digital ethics and, and responsible, explainable, transparent AI. You know, we are not just, as I said before, singing against, uh, singing or swimming against that current. You know, the current has sifted so that's very, it, it makes you feel really good. So that's, that's the best thing. As the worst thing is when you fail to do that, when you realize that you fail to convey uh, particular perspectives uh, in the team or particular perspectives in the realities of your customers or, or uh, partners. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking about the team, like uh, almost 300 people is a lot of people. And I see it's distributed um, uh, across uh, two um, headquarters. Um, so not, not everyone is in the same place. Uh, how do you make sure um, everyone in the team uh, stays in the loop, uh, stays motivated uh, when you have such a distributed and big team? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. There's a lot that is lost uh, by not being able to spend or feel the time with those in-between moments that, you know, these random conversations that, you know, might happen outside of the schedule and the agenda, you know, those things that happen when you share and a space, right? And, and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, well, we have this program um, that I think is working really well, very intense program of meetups. So mm-hmm. every team uh, has every quarter a proper, you know, three to four days meetup with a number of activities that they go to our head office in Asturias, where we have this fantastic, uh, beautiful building that has been turned into kind of a social club, right? Mm-hmm. So we, 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 those activities are programmed. So every week uh, there is something going on in, in this building of all these different teams having these meetups. Then we do a, a year, you know, company-wide event uh, as well. And then we have, you know, Sesame Tuesdays, and then we have um, uh, area reviews on Fridays. Uh, so we try to spend a schedule, a lot of time that, that allows to, give the conditions to create those moments that otherwise happen when you have people in the same space and at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And looking ahead, um, uh, what are the next milestones for empathy.co and where do you see the company in five years from now in terms of size and impact? Yeah, well, we have a number of initiatives that I see that transcend uh, what empathy is doing. We have launched, for example, uh, the Ethical Commerce Alliance, ethicalalliance.co. Is, you know, it's, it has a very interesting uh, collection of members and retailers and technology companies that have a preoccupation for responsible AI uh, and companies that see that growth and ethics and sustainability in all of its forms, you know, from data to, you know, the physical practice of production, can meet. So the ethicalalliance.co is something that I think it transcends empathy. It, it has a lot of uh, runway and, and it's an incredible space. We've been doing events in, in London and in Spain and we gathering an incredibly growing community with that interest. Mm-hmm. We also uh, launched Open Innovation. Uh, Open Innovation has been our greatest source of new relationships and customers, uh, OI, dot empathy.co there we have collaborations with companies like Vodafone or Carrefour and we just get together uh, our teams collaboratively innovation days hackathons and we're very exploratory in creating new ideas within the spaces of privacy mm-hmm. the space of relevancy or search per se and the space of AI explainability and transparency so Open Innovation has, has those three projects, privacy, relevancy, and explainability. And Open Innovation as a public way of building transparently, you know, collaboratively uh, with our uh, customers has been a great space that, again, I see that has a lot of runway in the future. As I mentioned, empathy, uh, sorry, motive.co, which is our search plugin, uh, we our original idea is to create a marketplace. Our original idea mm-hmm. is to create a shop space. And we're doing that by creating and facilitating this privacy-minded technology uh, to hundreds and hopefully some thousands of shops. That could be the breeding grounds uh, for, again, you know, decentralized, uh, great spaces for value to this multi-medium-sized enterprises. My belief is that the future uh, has a great space for the small makers and the small producers. And Motive.co 
hopes to be part of that space. And as per empathy.co, uh, you know, we continue uh, to be flexible and extensible and adaptable and to be exposed to all these challenges that the big retailers are putting and throwing uh, to our teams. So mm-hmm. it's this multiplicity of brands and entities that, uh, you know, you can, as you know, I know, and everybody knows, we cannot predict what the future might hold. Uh, but, you know, we try to have this common constant uh, element across all these initiatives uh, to try and make a take a stand. And, and you know, the imperative that we call the imperative of responsibility of, of modern technology in the space of e-commerce, whatever forms that takes, uh, we'll see. But that's our mission uh, 10, 15, 20 years from now to continue to make that change and put digital ethics on the table. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Okay. And well, being a founder and CEO is uh, not an easy role. Um, what helps you, Angel, maintain a balanced and happy life? And how do you navigate the stress and pressure of uh, the daily work routine? Well, you have to have a happy household, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that helps, yeah. I think that's key, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, no, no mysteries there. Like for you, probably it's the same for everybody, right? It's trying to be healthy and you know, the sports and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, isolate the time for work, um, mm-hmm. you know, have all the passions that of course, everything's interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a place like London offers you so much inspiration and enriches you so much. So as long as you're happy, as you say, then, you know, everything else works well. So you just have to work in the whole, the whole picture of, uh, you know, living in, in accordance to, you know, not having other stresses, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, to you know like any other sport i guess you know you have to have everything given the right conditions to keep the best that you have uh, for the hours that you work yeah awesome okay well those are almost good closing words uh, but i have one final question um so we probably have some listeners who would be interested in joining the empathy.co journey Uh, in which areas are you planning to hire in the next uh, few months and years um, and what's the best um, place um, for um, people to learn about job opportunities at empathy.co? Well, we have this program that you can find on our website uh, called Academy Program. Every year we bring two batches. Uh, uh, sometimes there are around 30-something people, 20-something people. Um, so the Academy Program and the young talent is very important for us. It makes us feel very free and, and, and the ideas that they bring. The academy program is a key uh, element of empathy. And then another way of relating with empathy is the open innovation program on oi.empathy.co. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, you know, we every conference we go, we always encourage people to come and join and propose ideas, many ideas that we're happy to co-sponsor uh, and collaborate in that, um, you know, open space for innovation. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Angel, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, congratulations on the success so far, and we will definitely continue following the uh, empathy.co journey. Well, Thomas, thank you so much, and thank you for your startups. Very pleased and grateful. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.